Welcome, everybody. This is the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley. Every week, we work to bring you inspiring stories from people all over the world. They are working to make their communities locally, globally, and digitally the better off for coming up with all sorts of innovative ways to help others out. We're part of Rotary International, 1.2 million members in 36,000 clubs around the world. And the goal for us, as always, is service above self, the motto of Rotary International. We believe that sustainable approaches to making the world better are the kinds of things that can capture the imagination and attention of those who are prepared to invest in making the world better. And I'm hard-pressed to name a better person to have talk to us about that than our speaker today, Jaheel Oliver. So Jaheel is from the United States, spent some time doing things that people might do in the United States, going to school, going into business, doing these things, and then decided that there might be a different path for him. You read a little bit about his introduction when, when you were coming to this part of our meeting page, but we will let him take it from there. Jaheel, we are so excited to have you. Welcome to the Rotary E-Club of Silicon Valley. Thank you, Rushton, and it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Jaheel Oliver. I'm the founder and CEO of Hello Tractor. We're an agricultural technology company based here in Nairobi, Kenya, with offices also in Nigeria. And we've been around for seven years. And we came into the market because farmers across Africa and, and, and the emerging markets routinely plant late and undercultivate because they don't have access to the labor or the equipment that they need. Equipment for a farmer is, is really the, the lifeblood of their operation. And the, the, the probably the most important input to maximize their productivity, which means maximizing their income. And so the, the labor force relying upon agriculture in Africa, which is about 65 to 70% of all the labor force is engaged in agriculture, is, is struggling to, to improve their yields and really break that cycle of poverty because they don't have access to, to the equipment that they need. And making that, that challenge even, even more difficult is rapid urbanization, aging farm populations, further depleting the labor available. And so that means they're planting slower. They're relying on manual labor that's often not there. That's very expensive. And that's not as efficient as tractors. And as a result, you know, of that lower productivity, they're not able to not only produce more food for themselves, but also produce more food for the markets, earn more, more income, and also contribute to regional food security. Now, in most labor-constrained environments, agricultural equipment can help to fill that gap. But, but in Sub-Saharan Africa, that equipment just simply does not exist at scale. The region is, is the least mechanized region on Earth. As you can see by this, this bar graph here, the continent averages less than 10 tractors per 100 square kilometers of arable land, the global average being 200, right? So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Just last year, actually, the continent sold only 15,000 tractor sales of brand new tractors. India alone did 950,000 units. Just to give you a, some, a, a relative view of how bad this, this issue is. And a lot of it has to do with the growers are small and, and on these fragmented plots distributed across broad areas, the growers are low income. So tractor ownership doesn't make really a whole lot of sense. And even to access tractor services, because their plots are small, it's very, very expensive for a tractor owner to do that. And so that's where Hello Tractor came in with technology to solve this problem. We looked at 
how do you first provide technology to give confidence to a farm equipment owner to send their equipment to far off places to service farmers? We accomplish that through IoT. And then secondly, how do you ensure that they have a market of customers to service when that equipment is deployed? And that's where our marketplace com- comes in. So we first embedded all of our equipment owners with, with GPS telematics technology, which gives them that ability to track all aspects of their fleet through our management application. That gives them a, a line of sight or where their equipment is, how much work it completed on a daily, monthly basis, fuel efficiency and fuel theft, which is a big, big problem in our markets, operator performance. And then, as I, as I mentioned, the ability to connect efficiently to community-based booking agents using our booking app to organize farmers in their community into groups, clustering the demand, ensuring that those bookings come in at economies of scale, so that when that tractor owner deploys that machine, you know, 50 kilometers down the road, they know they have enough work to make it profitable to send the equipment. And then lastly, and most re- recently, we partnered with MasterCard and Moody's to launch a tractor finance app to deepen the credit markets, to finance more equipment going into this marketplace of pent up demand for services. That tractor finance product, I'm going to talk a little bit about that because we're excited about it. It's new. And I think it's really, it, it closes the loop on the Hello Tractor store. Every single season, we have far more farmers booking services than equipment available to service the demand. And so what we did was we designed a product that doesn't look at bank history, doesn't look at bank statements and credit scores, because quite frankly, most of our rural entrepreneurs don't have that. What we're doing is looking at these community-based booking agents and saying, hey, you actually have enough farmer demand to to own your own equipment and successfully pay off that equipment with your network of farmers, servicing that network directly, as opposed to booking on their behalf. And so we can finance equipment into that intelligence, right? And so we we designed a, a very innovative kind of underwriting process that was done in partnership with Moody's where we look at things like the serviceability of their book of business, the quality of the farmers in that book of business. And then we use our technology to track their performance in real time against what they've pre-booked as a way to monitor and manage that credit portfolio. As they service their farmers, we're just deducting a small amount of loan repayment from the revenue generated so they can repay that loan and qualify for some additional financing. And so, you know, we started with just a couple million dollars financing less than 100 entrepreneurs. But these, that's such a small group is, is providing services for almost 50,000 growers and with real impact across the supply chain. These growers are now, because they have access to mechanization, improving their yields, increasing their productivity by magnitudes of 132,000 metric tons. But un- underpinning all of that, is the technology so that we can track and manage the the asset, monitor the farmers that are pre-booked on that asset, as you can see. And these are the apps that our customers use to to do both the booking of of their farmers and manage their equipment. And then some dashboards that we've built on the financing side to monitor and manage not only the tractor usage, because every time that tractor gets used, a small loan repayment is, is owed back to the system. 
but also ensure that the tractor owner is successful. And if their productivity and utilization of the tractor dips, we can identify pockets of demand nearby to shift their equipment over to and service to get the use, usage up so they can continue to repay the loan on schedule and be successful. So over the last seven years, we've really been focused on the base of the pyramid. 90, 90, wait, let me, yeah, 86% of our farmer population lives at or below the poverty line. And I think the, the statistic that I'm most proud of is over half of that group access tractor services for the first time through HelloTrack. So we're getting really deep into the market, but using commercial levers to reach populations, communities of farmers that otherwise didn't have access. And it's having meaningful impact, not only on their communal food security, but also on their bottom line as they're able to generate more revenue off that plot of land. So that's a little tractor. I'm looking forward to, to answering any questions that you all have. I think I kept it below my, my 15 minute mark. Fantastic, Daniel. Thank you very, very much for this information. Before we, before we get into the Q&A, let's, uh, let's stop the screen share there. I want to introduce all the folks that we have on the recording. So if you are, are joining us and can turn on your cameras, that would be great. So we can get some waves as we go as well. In addition to Jahil, currently in Nairobi in Kenya, we have Nick in Canada. We have Arnaud in France. We have Imad in Morocco. We have Heather in Mexico. We have Sviadko in South Africa. We have Olu in Nigeria. We have Martina in Spain. And in Italy, we have Cecilia and we have Angelica. So good to have such a wonderfully international crowd here. I am the sole representative of the United States of America joining this, this, this recording and, and excited about that. This, I believe, is the most international recording we have ever done. Now, I'll start the questions with, with this. You're talking about this, this, this very, very cool, innovative approach to addressing a need that has been out there for a long time. But you didn't spend a lot of time talking about is how you got to this point. How did you get yeah. to a point of being like, you know, I should be in Africa and, and, and doing farm equipment stuff? What, how, did, how did you get there from where you started? Yeah, yes, right, rightfully so. I'm always embarrassed talking about myself, but I started off in traditional finance. I was doing investment banking and, and private equity for the first kind of half of my career. And uh, I mean, you know, it was a good learning experience, but I wasn't really motivated by the work and always knew I wanted to do meaningful work. And in that industry, I was really just a cog in a very well-run machine. And I found out about microfinance. I read a book by Muhammad Yunus that my mom recommended to me. And I was intrigued at this, this idea of using commercial markets to solve deeply entrenched problems around poverty and opportunity. And so I actually started just freelancing as a consultant working pro bono just to learn more about the industry. Was offered some full-time opportunities. As we got into the financial crisis, my job went from this sucks to this really, really sucks. So I quit and you know, I put in my two-week notice. And in you know, about a month, I was working in Afghanistan on a microfinance fund, investment fund restructuring. And, and that kind of kicked off my work in the emerging markets. And what I observed with microfinance institutions was they weren't working in agriculture. Most didn't because of the risk. 
But that's where the global poor earn their income. So I started investigating agriculture and finance and ways to support growers in a, in a commercially sustainable and scalable way. That led to ultimately Hello Tractor. And we've been on that ride ever since. Fantastic. Cecilia in, in Italy asks about the cost of a tractor. You know, so, so if we're looking at the different, yeah. you, know, you know, things, but you know, you talked about how it, it's, not, it's not practical for a small farm owner in Nigeria yeah. or, or, or Kenya to be able to buy a tractor, right? What, what, what is the cost and what, what is the cost relative to what people might expect to make in a year? So the tractors range, I mean, you have, when we first started, we focused on really low horsepower tractors. They cost a couple thousand bucks, right? And depending on the market, that could be an entire year's set, you know, income. Um, it could be more. And then they go up from there, right? From, you know, a couple thousand bucks all the way up to, I mean, tractors can go all the way up to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I think the sweet spot for us and what we've observed is, what we what is considered compact or utility tractors, small tractors tend to perform better in these smallholder systems. And with financing, you know, it's less about the cost, uh, the upfront cost of the tractor, which with with the appropriate kind of financing, it's really about the cash flow that tractor generates as you service the the demand, right? And so you want to make sure you're selecting the right equipment for the type of demand that you have. If you have a small, low, low cost tractor, you're probably servicing tractors in your in your general vicinity, excuse me, farmers in your general vicinity. But if you have a higher horsepower tractor, let's say 75 horsepower, which is the which is the most common on our platform, you're servicing the entire country. And in some instances, even crossing the border to service farmers in, in neighboring countries. Because this is the tropics and you're, you're, you can pick up a lot of different work by going into different areas with different planting windows to maximize that return on investment. A small tractor can, can profit you at the end of the year a few thousand bucks, right? A 75 horsepower tractor, even after debt service, can make you $13,000, $14,000 if you manage it the right way. And so it's really just about finding that sweet spot based on what you, who you intend on servicing and the nature of your, your tra- contracting business. And we help our customers make that decision. And if they qualify for our financing, we offer them that as well to make sure they can build their fleet. Fantastic. Angelica, I know you have a question. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sharing this with us. It's very interesting. And you mentioned that technology played a, a a significant part in this project. So mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, so how did you convince people? So how did you convince the community to feel the benefits of technology? Because you apply yeah. technology to a very particular field. So yeah, I was wondering yeah. how you implemented change management to to get people, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. acquire technology in a positive way. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's- it's a great question. I think we started with first listening to the users and understanding what their deepest pain points are. We had our own motivations. We wanted to bridge that mechanization gap that exists across Africa. But we first had to start with there's no tractors available. And for the tractors that are available, how do you convince these owners to go out and service these small farmers? So the starting point was, well, what are their problems and how can we engage with them to get them excited about Hello Track? 
That's where the fleet management piece came in. That there's no technology for the compact utility segment of the tractor market. That's 2 million tractors sold every year globally that look like tractors that have been sold you know, 50 years ago. Now, the bigger, higher horsepower tractors have all the GPS and really cool technologies, but we saw an opportunity to provide connectivity services because these tractor owners were really struggling with fraud. They're, dry, they're often not the drivers of their equipment. You know, the drivers are going out doing work and underreporting work to pocket the money, stealing fuel, all these problems. We saw that problem first. And then once we had them engaged as, as customers, we then introduced the farmer networks that were very well organized and said, hey, we noticed that, you know, your tractor was inactive in October. And, you know, in, in Nasarawa State, in Nigeria, I know we have some, a few Nigerians on the call. There's a rice there. We have some rice farmers there that have already been organized and booked for services and they're willing to pay this amount. Are you interested? And that helped to get the, the, to open up the conversation around the marketplace. But it first started with solving their immediate pain point, which was fraud, machine misuse, visibility, and remote monitoring of the equipment and then building out from here. Thank you. Martina in Spain. Thank you so much for giving me the word. Mine is less a question, but a remark. I come from a very similar background because I also come from investment banking and then studied, well, human rights and, and well, similar things, also microfinance and, and, uh-huh. and this. And I've been volunteering, well, in an organization of the German schools for 20 years. And I have oh, two cool. ex-colleagues. One was our treasurer on the International Confederation. He's in South Africa, Pretoria. And the other one mm-hmm. was in Cairo. And they are dedicating themselves precisely to what you're doing. And they wrote mm-hmm. a chapter in a book for, I never get it right, the U- United Nations Organization for Agriculture. And that's in Rome. But I'm okay. sure that you all know what I'm talking about. I never yeah. get the name right. FAO. Yep, yep. Yes, correct. Thank you so much for helping me out. And they wrote a chapter on contract farming and on helping small farmers. And yeah, maybe I could hook you up because a network in in all this is so extremely important, I always find. So if you'd like to, they are two amazing guys. And and one also worked in Afghanistan, not only in Africa. And so as you mentioned that, yeah. For the CHIS yeah. or for the German Society of International Collaboration, I'm, I'm German of origin. Yeah, yeah, I would I would love that. And just and just as an aside, my wife's name is Martha, but her family call, calls her Martina. So there's a, there's another connection. <laughs> okay, Perfect. cool. But I'm, so I'm sure explore. that Rushton can somehow connect us. Absolutely, that 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 Fantastic. is a part of how these programs work. Is is wonderful. Great, great ideas cool. connected, however cool. we can. Fiatko, I think you've got a great idea Thank on the you way. So much. Yeah, I have a question. Thank you so much, Jahil, for for this presentation. And it's it's so cool to hear about these ideas and how you know very impressive, dedicated dedicated leaders like you are able to actually put them in practice. And now you know hundreds of thousands of people are better off because of what you've put together. This must re- really feel amazing when you you know when you wake well, up every day and and <laughs> before they're yeah, energizing to, to what you do. Thiago, you know, you're in the midst of it. It's kind of hard to, to, to lift your head up and say, that's, that's interesting. How am I doing this? <laughs> All I see is the disasters. I'm putting out fires every single day. I don't know. Well, you should, you should take the time to, to actually 
you know, appreciate the the impact that you're that you have in people's lives, real yeah. people's lives. Well, it is. Um, so my my question is about the the mm-hmm. farmers now. Yeah. How do how are they organized in in their farming community so they can take advantage yeah. of of the service? Like, is there are there farming groups? Are there individuals that kind of help them get connected to um, mm-hmm. to the tractor owners to benefit from these mm-hmm. services? Yeah, so so we have these, and thanks for the question, we have these agents that are based in the community. Sometimes these agents are already engaged in agriculture. They could be extension agents from the government program, or they can be input sellers, you know, or it could just be a young person with a smartphone that we targeted using Mark Zuckerberg to, to introduce them to this opportunity to earn income by bringing a valuable service to growers in their community. The the important piece about that role, Fieco, is that the agriculture is all about relationships. You you cannot, nowhere on earth, that I'm aware of at least, can you build a technology-only platform in agriculture and, and engage directly with growers. All of these business businesses rely on some human touch point, some trust network. And for us, it would, it would have been impossible to build that organically. And so what we did was put together incentives to invite people from these communities who are trusted to be that, to leverage on that social capital that already exists in the community and align our interests with their interests, with the farmer's interests. And so that's how we were able to build out the network of, of intermediaries who, who cluster the demand to make sure that these transactions are coming in digitally and that are transparent. And yeah, that, that's kind of, that's, that was our approach to it. Very nice. Now, Thank you. Heather in Mexico asks about water issues and irrigation. Now, there's, there's a lot of water projects going on through, yeah. through Rotary around the world. Is that something that you've had to deal with amongst the fires that you put out? Was that was that one of them? Yeah, so we've been doing a lot in conservation, agriculture, and water conservation, protecting the water tables, but also building in resiliency for our growers. So educating growers on things like subsoiling. I don't want to nerd out too much on agriculture-specific stuff, but there are certain things that you can do on a farm to protect the soils, to protect our air and reduce the amount of carbon being emitted into the environment. And then also from a, from a water management perspective, ensure that you know, things like the hard pan are broken. So when it does rain, that soil can, can absorb the water, the roots can then access the groundwater. So if there's a drought, you know, the farmer can still have a productive season or if it rains too much, you can minimize puddling on the field, which is also a good kind of water resource best best practice. And so, you know, we 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 work through a lot of partners. We do a lot of step down training ourselves, particularly through our agent networks. And then we also provide thought leadership, working with the 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 big ag research institutes like CIOP. We're working on a project right now, CIMIT, which is the one of the big green revolution institutes, won a Nobel Peace Prize couple few decades ago actually and yes yeah, it's, it's exciting but it's it's also tricky because you want to introduce things that are great for the environment but also don't hurt the farmer's pockets because 
they're not the reason for this problem that we're in, right? Climate change is not because of some farm in rural Africa, okay? It's because of where we're from. <laughs> and so... And so when we introduce new approaches that are good for the environment, we try to find those that are also good for the farmer's bottom line. And unfortunately, uh, there are those sweet spots where those things can intersect. And we, that's where we double click. All right. Well, one more question before we wind down the recording. You know, I think of, of Dr. Ernesto Ciroli and, and, and his, his TED talk about, about listening to the people that, that you're trying to work with and help. And here you are coming from an American context. You know, you're stepping into, uh, I, I believe Nigeria was first, right? And, first. and clearly to, to, to be helpful to them, they have to trust that you're listening. What was yeah. your process for, for, for getting to where you and they could really work well together? You could learn from them that, and figure out what you might have to offer them. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, some trial and error. And then after enough error, then came humility. Because when I first when I first started LL Charter, I mean, uh, it's, it's humbling now. But you know, I thought I had answers that I just simply did not have. I, I did a lot of desk research, work with some of the top thinkers, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I really was privileged enough to work with people who were the thought leaders and mechanization globally. They said, "This is what you should do. This is the." You know, this is the prescription for solving Africa's problems. And I took those ideas with me and with little humility came and, and tried to push them down our, our, our should be and would be customers threats and people weren't interested. And so once and, and part of it was things like that I already touched on, like pushing low horsepower tractors that that had success in markets like Bangladesh and some of the other large rice producing countries, India, China. That, that weren't as suitable for broad, broad usage in Africa. And, and it took a while for me to listen to the customer and, and, you know, eat a little bit of humble pie. But once I did, I realized, you know, the customers want the fleet management technology. Martin was asking about tech, introducing new technologies and the difficulties around that. And so... Listening to the customer, they gave me the recipe for success because they know what they want and we offered it and then innovated around the edges, right? Because we still want to do something different. We don't want to just give, you know, we see ourselves as innovators and hacking a market. And so, but it started with just listening to the customer. And that's, you know, that was born out of just a lot of mistakes. And through that mistake came, you know, humility, which is, a, which is an amazing lesson and very hard earned lesson. Well, lots of lessons for all of us taking in, taking in this program. Thank you very much. I'll hand it back to you here in just a minute, but let me do the, the regular wind down for everyone. Let me start by, by thanking everybody who joined in the recording. What, what fun it is to be able to gather people from so many different places and, and questions and perspectives that, that allow this kind of celebration of, of innovation and successful innovation for improving communities to happen. If you are joining us, two things we ask that you do. First, a little bit farther down the page, you're going to see a place that is the attendance, right? And we'd love to know that you're here. We're not going to spam you or anything like that. But if you put in your, your email address properly, you'll get, you'll get a little note from us. And if you are visiting Rotarian, you can use that note to pass along to your club secretary to make up a missed meeting for your club. Additionally, at the bottom, you are going to find our forum, the Discuss, D-I-S-Q-U-S forum, 
for you to be able to share your thoughts. What kind of things come to mind having watched this, this program? What other things in the, in the meeting drew your attention in some way? You can respond to comments other people have left as well. We hope that you'll engage with us there. As we always like to do, we hand it back to our speaker for the final word, Jaheel. Yeah, I just want to first thank everybody for the platform, for the great questions and the engagement. If you're interested in learning more about Hello Tractor, I left the, the URL for our website in the, in the chat box, www.hellotractor.com. Also left my email. So if you have any other questions, please reach out. Or if you're interested in working with us and, and furthering our mission to, to solve a pretty pressing problem across not just Africa, but, but the broader emerging markets, we'd love to hear from you so thank you so much wonderful Jaheel thank you and for all of you who have joined us thank you for taking your time to spend spend a half hour with the Rotary Club of Silicon Valley and we look forward to seeing you next week